Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How did get 30, 30, how get 30, how get 20, 20, 20, get 20, 20, how get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Sharpie Podcast, Gary Trust, Billboard Senior Director of Charts. And hey guys, it's Trevor Anderson, a chart manager here at Billboard. Ready to talk Mariah this week, Trevor? You don't have a choice. We're going to be talking a lot of Mariah this week. Yeah. Uh, lots to talk about this week, uh, chart-wise, and a lot of that is about Mariah Carey. She's uh, back on the Billboard Hot 100. She's on the Billboard 200. So uh, really going to get into uh, everything going on Mariah chart-wise. I guess we'll talk about some other people on the charts too, might as well. Well, we'll certainly do that because, uh, of course, we're going to run down all the action at the top of the Billboard Hot 100 this week. After that, we're going to take a special focus looking at Mariah Carey's top 20 hits on the Hot 100. And as I'm sure many Mariah Carey fans know, she has 18 number ones. So, you know, nearly that entire countdown will be taken up by number one singles. So we'll dive into that as well. We're also going to bring in three friends of the podcast uh, at separate times, not going to be a, you know, sort of a battle royale, but we're going to bring in some people to discuss the new album Caution, which debuts in the top five of the Billboard 200 this week. We're going to get their thoughts on it and see if this was the album that people were expecting from Mariah in 2018. And as a lot of the reviews and the, the, the social media feedback has been extremely positive, we're going to see what that means in terms of Mariah going forward and where this album fits in in her discography. So a lot to talk about with Mariah Carey. But first, we're going to throw things over to the top 10 of the Billboard Hot 100. Here is this week's countdown. Check it out. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. It's hard to turn Atlantic. Night calling in a phantom. Number Told 10. Them, don't you panic. Took an yeah. island, flood the mansion. Drop the roof, more expansion. Drive a coupe, you can stand it. Bitches undercover. In the sheets. Off this way. Doing all these shows. Number I nine. I don't care where I go. Long as I get paid. Bad little fight. She been on my mind. Soon as I get back, she can stay. Do this all the time. You go for you. Me do what I want. Number eight. Don't do what I need to Yeah, yeah. I need a 
number seven. Number four. Incidental, just a chance that, of course, in a week we're talking about Mariah Carey, who is on top of the Billboard Hot 100, but Ariana Grande. You have to create a competition. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, was that was that beef dead? And I, I just you know, pump some life back into it. Uh, Ariana Grande, yes, once again, number one on the Billboard Hot 100 with her first number one hit. Thank you. Next, this makes it three weeks in a row. So the song. That really came out as a surprise out of nowhere, really showing some good legs moving forward. Gonna have some tough competition in the next couple of weeks, though. It barely hangs on to number one above Sicko Mode, Travis Scott, which has been patiently waiting in the number two spot for a while now. So going forward, looks like unless something kind of drops out of the sky that those two are going to be battling for the number one spot in the near future. Well, there is something dropping out of the sky. There is something that is, as far as we know, coming soon that has been really teased on social media and that would be the music video for thank you next kind of that one element that is not out there yet and if you've been following ariana on twitter or you've seen a lot of the retweets it really looks like it's going to be sort of a, a millennials grab bag there's been some scenes from mean girls and a trailer that she put out there's been some pictures behind the scenes of um, the cheerleaders from bring it on that they're dressed up as so there seems to be a lot of those kind of early 2000s movies are going to tap into that nostalgia. And it, I mean, it feels like when the clip hits, it's going to be one of the biggest music videos of the year. Uh, so we'll look out for that video, which, you know, given the buzz that it could be, could keep Ariana in the top spot for a couple weeks to come. But uh, yeah, if it comes out, say, on Friday, that would affect uh, not next week's Hot 100, but the week after, which uh, really puts next week, uh, as far as we know, uh, kind of, yeah, real, uh, uh, we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, the way... Uh, thank you at the moment it was falling and streaming and the way uh, sicko mode is holding on uh, potential number one there uh, halsey's moving up happy are still doing well at number three yo that halsey joint is good yeah i i didn't expect to like that song as much as i do so thank you next is still number one in streaming uh, without you is number one uh, in sales and uh, number six new career high for panic of the disco uh, passes the number seven the peak of i write sins not tragedies back in 2006 uh, that takes over number one on the radio songs chart this week so different number ones in every metric of the hot 100 uh, interesting too as they point them all out back to back uh two pop songs and you know a rock pop song we've been talking about hip-hop the entire year 
uh, we get to the end of the year, Drake maybe finally cooled off a little bit. We have Pop and Rock. Ooh, look at that, Gary. Aren't you excited? No more there's, of that pesky hip-hop in the way. Pointing out the facts. No more of with the Drake and Cardi B and Post Malone. Ugh, let's get let's get back to the roots. Uh, so uh, that's all in the top 10 of the Billboard Hot 100. I don't want a lot for Christmas. Just outside. As of now, maybe, maybe soon back in the top ten. All I want for Christmas is you, Mariah. Just, just outside. Yeah. Gary has a Number generous. 29. He has a generous definition outside. Well, it's going to rise every week. If if uh, past years are a pattern, song re-enters and it's gotten towards the top ten every year until last year finally broke through. Uh, Twenty-four years after its release, all I want for Christmas is you finally uh, became a top ten hit for Mariah. Uh, number nine last year, maybe. Could be higher this year. I don't know if it has a chance to get to number one, but uh, the fans are uh, after the Justice for Glitter campaign. Maybe there's going to be a All I Want for Christmas is You for number one campaign. All I Want for Christmas is a number one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the fans have been having their eye on that for a long time. Of course, if it does go to number one, that would give Mariah 19 number ones, just one shy of the Beatles record. The Beatles aren't recording any new music, from what I understand. So, you know, if that happens, there'd be a real push to get her that record that a lot of people wanted to have uh, over on the billboard 200 number one for a third time mumford and sons with their new album delta the band previously led with Babel in 2012 and wilder mind in 2015 uh number two michael buble his eighth top 10 on the billboard 200 maybe kind of forget how he's been around long enough to have eight top 10s going back uh, what 15 years at this point yeah i mean he's just been one of those consistent performers and and I think a couple Christmas albums have also helped. So, yeah, and I mean, also, of course, very nice to see him recording again. I know he took some time off with his son's uh, cancer diagnosis a few years ago. So nice to see him back in the studio and um, putting out some new music. And look who just happens to be new at number five on the Billboard 200. Mariah, uh, with caution, at number one on top R&B hip-hop albums, uh, first since 2014. Uh, we said we're going to be talking a lot of Mariah this week. Should we really, is this really where we start, uh, the, the Mariah onslaught at this point, Trevor? Uh, yeah, I, I guess if you're not a lamb, maybe this is where we part ways. Or if you're not a lamb and you want to listen about what makes Mariah so special and why she has such a big legion of fans, maybe you can keep going. All right. So we figured we'd count down uh, Mariah Carey's 20 biggest Billboard Hot 100 hits uh, throughout her career. It's based on a chart performance, the formula we use for uh, the uh, greatest of all time charts where we uh, just this summer did the top 600 hits of all time on the Hot 100. So uh, based on a combination of uh, weeks on the chart, weeks in the top 10, weeks at number one, uh, waiting eras so that uh, songs in the 60s can compete with uh, more recent uh, times when songs uh, on average spend a lot more time on the chart. So that's uh, the the math uh, behind the countdown. But uh, yeah, Mariah's top 20 hits, you said before, Trevor, 18 number ones. We're actually going to hear 16 of those number ones coming up in the top 20 so uh, a couple of her number ones didn't even make it good sign of how big of an artist you are when we count down your 20 biggest hits and some number ones can't even make it so let's get into it top 20 hits for mariah carey also going to talk the new album caution with uh, three friends uh, coming up so uh, we'll get to that on the way right now number 20 through number 16 mariah's biggest hits on the billboard sharpie podcast Did you have to run your game on me? 
through 16 Mariah Carey's biggest Billboard Hot 100 hits starting back in 1999 with Heartbreaker from the Rainbow album number one for two weeks I'll be there from MTV Unplugged big deal because we hadn't really heard Mariah live uh, in any kind of a setting other than she'd been on the the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson she'd been on Arsenio to uh, set the frame of early 90s but uh, the MTV Unplugged album really showed that she wasn't just a studio creation she could uh, sing live she wouldn't tour until uh, 1993 on her own an actual tour but uh, I'll Be There certainly proved it that stage fright yeah she she had a victim of that Uh, number 18 Don't Forget About Us two weeks at number one 2005 2006 song probably is a little bit forgotten because it's kind of in the shadow of song we're here later in the countdown We Belong Together kind of that similar that smooth side of Mariah. Yeah, it's kind of like um, if you want to look if We Belong Together as a little pop R&B, maybe Don't Forget About Us is a little more the R&B cousin, but I think just because of how big a year she had had, um, and Don't Forget About Us was, was not on the original album, and it was on the re-release, and just kind of jumped up the jumped up the chart so quickly that, yeah, um, that, that, that I think that's a good sort of sum up of what happened to it. Uh, number 17, Honey from Butterfly, 1997. I think a lot of fans know that with each single, uh, each first single she put out in the 90s from a new album, uh, kept getting a little bit more hip hop. Uh, we'll, we'll trace uh, some of those coming up from Dream Lover to Fantasy. But uh, to me, it always felt like Honey was maybe the one that really took her into her own direction that she really wanted, which is really clear by the video where she's uh, really not subtly at all coming out and saying that uh, she'd uh, broken out of whatever Sony Tommy Matola wanted. And this was this was Mariah on her own terms. Uh, three weeks at number one, 1997 on the Hot 100, and a number two hit, a song that actually didn't go to number one by Mariah in early 1992, Can't Let Go. Infamous in the catalog. Yeah, would have been her sixth straight number one. She, she had five from the start of her career before then. Still number two hit. You know, I put out a Twitter poll recently about uh, which of Mariah's number two should have gone number one, and a lot of fans really, really laying the blame for this at Tommy Matola's feet, thinking... He somehow sabotaged the song to sort of teach Mariah a lesson about who was really in charge. Like you said, five number ones out of the gate. Don't want her getting too big too quick. We can we can stop those number ones if we want to. All right, let's uh, keep talking Caution, the new album, uh, bringing the first of our guests this week. Uh, my friend Michelle, who you're going to meet, Trevor, in, in just a moment, talking about Caution on the Billboard Sharpie Podcast. My man, my man, proceed with caution. Don't be dishonest. I need you closer to love me harder. Caution, 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 caution,
so uh, my friend Michelle is on the phone. Michelle, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Uh, Trevor, you and Michelle just met. You just said hello for the first time ever. But uh, you're in, you're both involved in a really funny story, Trevor, that you don't even know about. Can I just tell it real quick? Please do. All right. So, uh, Michelle, and I, we've been friends for well, almost 25 years, right? We started working together in radio back in, what, 1994, I think? A long time. Yeah. So, Michelle and I have been friends for a long time. And uh, you know, we were friends on, on, on Facebook. We'd be in touch that way. But in recent years, Michelle was off Facebook, so we haven't been in touch. Uh, and we just started talking again more regularly recently, which is really nice. And we started texting. So here's here's a key thing to remember. Uh, Trevor, you and Michelle both have very similar phone numbers that start with similar numbers that are not not New York, not not this area, and not about to be publicly revealed. Yeah, but so you guys have similar numbers. So Michelle, and I started texting again, and then it was on Halloween. Yeah. I was looking for you, Trevor, and you were at a Halloween party. We needed to come do a, a phone call, so I, I didn't want to bother you during the party. So I, well, I thought I texted you, and I said come on in, we need to talk about the Hot 100. And then I got a response saying, I'm ready. And then there was no other response. Then I found out like a week and a half later, I had texted Michelle and not you, Trevor, about, I need you to be ready right now for this call. To her credit, Michelle was like, sure, I'll be ready, not even knowing what it was about, but such a good friend. She agreed. <laughs> you know my favorite part about this story? A does this mean that Gary does not have my phone number saved as a contact and he could not see the name of the person he is texting? Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, you know that's, 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 that's a good, good thought there. Because as he's telling the story, it's making me think that because he thought our numbers were similar, then our names aren't in there at all in his phone. So I just thought I'd tell a nice, funny story that turns out I've gotten in trouble with both of you. Is that what just happened? I mean, I'm, I'm going to whip out my phone right now and take Gary's name out for good. Because I don't... How do you disrespect somebody so, so um, recklessly, like, to not even save my... I mean, I've worked with Gary for, um, gosh, a, almost four years now. Like, it's been a whole presidential term. It's been a whole, you know, life cycle. And... He doesn't even have the decency to save my number in his phone. Well, I've known Michelle now for about twenty-five years. I don't same I, thing for her. So you've got a long way to go. Do you save any twenty-five years? Do you save anybody's and number? I'm not in his phone. Yeah, I guess I should just say I don't save anyone's number. So you got nothing to worry so about. You That's just, all it is. Do you memorize the numbers? How do you? I mean, how many people do you talk to? This is what I want to talk about. How many people do you talk to that you can just text through numbers? That doesn't get confusing. If I need you, I'll find you. How about that? Boy, the, 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 the whole conversation just turned on you, Gary. I, I don't know what you're going to do here to get yeah. yourself out of this. Yeah, this is a great idea I came up with, wasn't it? Uh, well, luckily for Gary, we'll uh, we'll give him a break on, on this. We'll... Yeah. Hold on, hold on. Mariah Carey is texting me. Her name just came up on my phone. <laughs> I, I would laugh if I even had a hint of believing that that was even a possibility. All right, speaking of... And the name we floated around a lot here, Mariah Carey, back um, and really back in a lot of ways in the public eye in the past couple of weeks. A huge amount of promotion around this last album, Caution, uh, that came out, debuted at number five on the Billboard 200. Uh, she was everywhere, it felt like, this past week. She's been on Good Morning America. She was on um, Ryan and Kelly. Yeah. She was on, I mean, she was doing stuff for Pandora, for Genius, for... 
uh, TRL. I mean, it just felt like, you know, any, any medium Mariah could be on, she really made an all out effort with this album. Um, and you know, generally it seems like at least the Twitter takes that you get a lot of people, big fans of the record. And I know Michelle here, uh, apparently was texting Gary who does not have her, his, I think it was Michelle. But I, I remember Michelle going way back to, to, to uh, when Music Box was out. Uh, you've always been a big Mariah fan, so you texted me and said, I love, love, love the new Mariah album. So, yeah, give us your review of uh, what you think of Caution. Yeah, I do, actually. I really, really love it with you and Stay Long Love You song and the um, Portrait song. And I just, I think it's really, I was really happy because it's so it just seems so relevant. And in the last few years, a lot of the stuff she's released, although I liked it, it just didn't seem like it was, it was catching on like to people currently, you know, like I have a nine year old and I played that caution album on Spotify the other day, we were doing an art project at home and she was like dancing to all the, all of the songs. Like she loved it. And when I had ever played her something from like the nineties or, you know, from like when we used to work together, Carrie, like from, you know, the music box and stuff, that time period, like she was just like, I don't like it. Like she, and and she could appreciate her voice and she could appreciate how high she sang. But, um, she was like literally dancing in my kitchen to this record, which I'm calling a record, which I shouldn't probably call it a record, but, um, (laughs) You know, it just—I don't know. I just—I just loved it. I thought almost every song was catchy and really great. And that's what a lot of people are saying. That the word "relevant" is coming up, and I'm, I'm thinking back to her last album in 2014 and the first single, "Your Mind," which I really liked. But I think it's probably pretty fair to say it was—it was kind of a rewrite of "We Belong Together." It felt like she was really trying to channel the sound of some of her past hits, and this time it doesn't feel like she's doing that yeah. as much. Yeah, I think it it did seem like that in the last couple of albums. Like it was just her trying to be who she was 20 years ago, and it just didn't. And I don't think it it worked. Like she's still an amazing artist. That's a given. Uh, caution. Yeah. I, think the, the, I think the title cut's really in good caution. too. Yeah, it, it kind of has uh, the hook to caution. Just really feels unique. And and I'll tell you too. I, I'm surprised. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but. I really liked that, that GTFO song, and I remember when it came out, it didn't seem like it was a hit, but I thought it was really catchy. Yeah, it was one of those uh, sort of promo singles that, um, I mean, even Mariah said herself in, in one of the Genius interviews that it was kind of a song that she just wanted to put out for the moment, It and she was like, you know, it wasn't really a single, um, but it was just sort of the intro record that she wanted to, to set the tone with and you know, sort of play tastemaker with. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, when, when I first heard that song, like I thought it was, you know, I, I guess it's maybe just based on the title and, and the main lyric itself, it felt a little interesting because it was like, you know, I mean, here's Mariah Carey saying, get the fuck out, which, you know, on first glance seems like it's a little like, are you trying to do something edgy, you know, to make yourself, you know, you know, here's a new dimension of Mariah you haven't seen before, but yeah. And in the, in the tone of the album, even though it is the first track on the album, it, it blends a lot better than, than I was hoping. I was a little worried about the album when I first heard that song because I was like, is this going to be another play for importance or, you know, he, you know, yeah. here's here's bad Mariah or whatever. And uh, I, I think, yeah, I mean, just, just the mellowness of it all is a really strong selling point, which 
maybe sounds a little contradictory that, you know, it's just kind of so like laid back and easygoing that it doesn't necessarily force itself to stand out, but that's in a way what makes it so good. Yeah. So favorite track on the album. You, you've kind of floated a, a couple that you like, uh, GTFO, eighth grade. Wh- which one for you is the one that, um, if, you know, if you were sitting up at the top of Sony records and you needed a new single, what song would you go after? I think it's a, it's actually a, yeah it's kind of a toss up I think between portrait and that stay long love you song I like them both uh, let me think mm, I think I'm gonna go with portrait well yeah it'll be yeah it'll be interesting to see what what uh where they go with the album because so much of the sound is is sort of contemporary but you know there'll be people who who believe that you know. Her time has kind of come and gone, and it'll be hard to sell Mariah on maybe contemporary radio. And do they lean a little more towards the adult audience with that kind of song? Or, well, or? with you is is the AC single? It's gotten to number eleven so far. It's doing really well. Apparently, there's going to be a remix coming out of a No No, which really seems to be a favorite among fans as well. Is that so actually going to happen, or is that rumored to happen? It's rumored for now, but it's getting a lot of buzz. And for the record. Um, it, for people who don't know, the song samples Crush on You, that Lil' Kim hit, so Lil' Kim apparently might jump on the track. People think, I've seen some some talk that Cardi B should get on there as well, yeah. because uh, I think Mariah wants to work with Lil' Kim and Cardi B, so, and, I mean, obviously we know how big Cardi B is on the charts, so if you're looking towards, you know, a top, I mean, top 40, top 10 single, Cardi B is, next to Drake, probably the surest bet out there. Yeah, and and I mean on a personal note, I I am really glad that it's it's a success for her because she hasn't had in the last couple of years have been pretty rough and with her management. I mean, what happened at New Year's Eve? I just think she's she finally deserves to come back around and be on top again. I'm gonna go uh, put your name in my phone. Maybe Trevor's as well. We'll see. Thank you for including me on your podcast. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Okay, our thanks to Michelle for her thoughts on caution. Let's jump back into the countdown. We are going from numbers 15 through number 11, counting down Mariah Carey's top 20 hits here on the Billboard Hot 100. Let's go. Caution. Baby, if you give it to me, I'll give it to you. I know what you want, you know I got it Baby, if you give it to me, I'll give it to you As long as you want, you know I got it Baby, if you give it to me, I'll give it to you I know 
body just bounce. I'm trying to shake it off. Cause the love it ain't the same. And you keep on playing games like you know I'm here to stay. Shake it off. Just like the cows on commercial life. Really gotta get up out of here and go somewhere. Number 15, actually a feature from Mariah Carey here and a number three hit back in 2003. So that's as low as we're going to go. All these songs were at least number three hits on the countdown. So, of course, once again, just shows how impressive her resume is. That's the song I Know What You Want, Busta Rhymes and Flip Mode Squad. Mariah Carey handling the hook. Mariah, a big fan of hip hop, even if it wasn't necessarily evident in the first part of her career. But, of course, by 2003 out on her own, teaming up with Buster Rhymes to do this hook. And, and her voice, in a way, you know, something kind of kind of cool about the effect that I don't think we really had heard before. I, I mean, I can't, I'm not going to repeat it, but there's something kind of, you know, just like, the like I don't know, that, that hook on that vocal is so interesting. Because when you hear her sort of sing her verse part later, that's, you know, it's Mariah when you hear it, but there's something about, just something about the character of that hook that I think is a really cool fe- cool flavor. And I think it may be, exposed her to people who would not have necessarily known her from her 90s heyday. Right above that, number 14, Back in the Wheelhouse, a Mariah Ballad, the song My All, number one for one week back in 1998 off the Butterfly album, her second number one there. One of the songs, again, that's just quintessential Mariah. Such a great song. Yeah, and a little more guitar-oriented for a Mariah Ballad. It kind of makes that one stand out a little bit. All right, at number 13, probably one of those more quintessential Mariah Ballads, Talking Without You, a cover of the Harry Nielsen song from the 1970s. Got to number three in 1994. And Mariah, throughout her career, has turned some big covers into big hits as well. We saw uh, number 19, I'll Be There by the Jackson 5, which was the number one hit for that group back in the 70s as well. Another number one for Mariah. Um, Another classic that she ended up remaking was the song Endless Love with Luther Vandross. That's the take on the Lionel Richie and Diana Ross song. That song got to number two on the Hot 100, so, you know, in addition to writing nearly all of her own hits, Mariah also proved that she could put her voice on any one of these big timeless records and turn it into another smash herself. She's gone from uh, Without You, 1994, to With You. I've thought about that. I, yeah. guess, I guess we can do like a With or Without You kind of tour. Maybe maybe that's the next cover, You Too, With or Without You. All right, number 12, maybe another mashup we can somehow see in the future. Uh, before there was Taylor Swift's Shake It Off, there was Mariah Carey's Shake It Off, which was a number two hit back in 2005. Again, one of those songs, kind of like Can't Let Go, that I think is a little infamous to Lambs because if you remember back in 2005, flashback to the the early September days, We Belong Together was ending its streak at number one. Shake It Off ended up being number two right behind We Belong Together. And when most people thought that Shake It Off was going to replace We Belong Together at number one and she'd be the first female artist to do that, Kanye West came out of nowhere, really, with Gold Digger. That song blew up. 
knocked We Belong Together at a number one and kept Shake It Off at number two. But Shake It Off still wound up being a part of the first female artist to replace herself at number one. Yeah. And isn't that funny how this kind of works out? You flash forward, go to 2014. There's a song called Shake It Off by Taylor Swift. That song is number one. And then there's a song called Blank Space that blows up with this music video in particular. Goes 13 to one, knocks off Shake It Off. And then Taylor Swift becomes the first woman to replace herself at number one. So Kanye helped Taylor Swift get an honor? It's, it's, I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's funny how this, this chart stuff works out. You yeah. wouldn't expect this at all. But yes, Howard, Mariah, Kanye, Taylor, Shake It Off's related. That is the story. All right, and uh, number 11, wrapping things up in this section, we got I Don't Want to Cry, a number one hit from 1991. Spent two weeks at the top, was the fourth straight number one off of Mariah Carey's debut album. And even though it was a number one, it seems like she's not a big fan of it. She doesn't really perform this song very much. Um, she's at one point said that she doesn't really think it has much meaning to it or can't find much emotion into it. So really, I guess unless you heard it maybe way back in the day or at her number one's concerts in Vegas, not really a song that you're going to see her perform live. But I'm sure she'll take the number one in the book and uh, go on with that. So uh, in that uh, section of five songs, three of them weren't number ones. Uh, Of uh, this entire uh, top 20 countdown, uh, the only Mariah songs not on here that were number ones over 18, uh, Thank God I Found You in 2000 and her most recent number one, Touch My Body, back in 2008. So those are just outside of the top 20. But other than that, 16 of her 18 Hot 100 number ones are on this countdown. And we're going to shift things over to bring in another one of our friends. I, I guess it's my turn, uh, Gary, at this point, since you did the last one. I'll take this one. Going to bring in Dark Clark, a friend of mine, one of the biggest lambs I know. And I'm sure as soon as he gets on the phone, you'll all understand Mariah Carey's got to be one of his favorite things to talk about. So we're going to bring him on to talk about Caution, his thoughts on the new album, and if it's what he expected in 2018. And if I know Dart, Caution will not be the only Mariah project we talk about. I'm sure we'll get into a lot of the other deep cuts, a lot of everything. So even if you're a lamb, uh, you can maybe even learn something from this or at least enjoy that someone else out there knows just as much as you do. So... Without further ado, uh, let's ring him up. Here is Dart Clark. Just last night gone, yet I know that tomorrow comes, so I'll be here when you rise. Stay real close and the moment will subside, look the other way as I bottle myself up inside. I won't let the teardrops spill tonight Just conceal myself and hide A portrait of my life So Dart, thanks for joining us today to talk about Mariah and the new Caution album. How many times... Yes, 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 yes. Okay, somebody's excited. How many times have you heard yeah. the album? Uh, I've been listening to it um, kind of nonstop since, since it was released just kind of getting the flow of the album, listening to it like in sequence randomly. Um, like my favorite songs have kind of shifted um, as I've kind of continued to listen to it. Um, and I really like the the one thing, if you listen to Mariah's discography from like when she came out with her debut up until now, she, she always kind of does this refresh 
of you know working with new people. She has this, she you know incorporates new sound, but she always has that kind of those kind of quintessential Mariah kind of you know when you listen to it, like her riffs, the voice, the kind of you know the signature things that she does with her voice, but she can always kind of stay current, and that's what I really like about the album. Uh, so fun fact, um, Dart and I. <laughs> And I guess the copy that Dart may be listening to is an autographed copy. Uh, Mariah had All right. a, yeah, yeah, Mariah had a signing. We've been for five hours in the cold, in the freezing cold, um, at the album signing. And I was, I was, I had a whole speech that I wanted to kind of give, say to her about what her music means to me, but I only could like stare at her for ten seconds and touch her <laughs> hand and walk away. Um, but she looked angelic and expensive, and she looked amazing. So. That was great. So yeah, if you can tell, Dart is a big Mariah fan. So what about the feeling of this album? Is this what you expected her to come out with when you had first heard uh, GTFO was uh, the the, uh, the, the I was title? Little, because you know her last couple of albums like Nia and Mariah and Memoirs of an Imperfect Angel um, didn't really take off with the public. A lot of fans like it, but. Um, I was kind of thinking that she would kind of fall back into, you know, you know, she works with Jermaine Dupree a lot. She works with a lot of the same people a lot that we would get kind of the same sound that we got from memoirs and me, I am Mariah. So um, I was, I was trying to figure out which direction she was going in when I heard GTFO. Um, but then when she released like the distance um, and with you, um, I, I, I started to really, um, warm up to it and like it and then when the entire album was released i just started just again i was just listening to it on repeat like my favorite song on the album right now is uh eighth grade um it, it a lot of it sounds really fresh but it's still it's still a lot for like fans who really love her and know her deep cuts to really like like it and, and fall in love with it what are some of your favorite deep mariah cuts maybe songs that weren't singles uh underneath the stars definitely um, I like a lot of her the ones that are more kind of like memoristic or like biographical, like Close My Eyes or Petals, uh, those kind of songs. But I, I do like um, The Roof is definitely one of my top favorites. Breakdown with Bone Thugs and Harmony. Um, uh, if It's Over. A lot of people know like the Ear Candy songs like Fantasy um, and, you know, We Belong Together. But I, I really like listening to her albums, like her discography, just like as a whole. Um, her songwriting, um, the way she kind of uses her voice as an instrument to kind of deliver the song, it's really, is really something that that I really like about her music. We talk a lot about, in particular, you mentioned uh, some of the autobiographical songs, and she has this consistency in putting a lot of those songs at the end of her albums, and you know, songs mm-hmm. like "Looking In." Songs. A lot of Mariah albums start in the club and end in the church. They start in the club and end in the church. That's yeah, yeah. it's like that to fly like a bird. She always has this kind of gospel song, like you know, like there's got to be a way, that kind of thing. Like she, she likes to you know have like the big pop things like fantasy, but also you know like have looking in on daydream. Um, I like how she kind of just has this kind of expansive way of kind of you know making piano based song, but also do songs like fantasy. So when you look at you know, this particular album, obviously the closing song is Portrait, which falls into that same kind of pattern. What do you think about this particular closing song? Considering the last 
three, four years she's had, um, it's safe to say is kind of a disaster in, in a lot of ways. Um, portrait, you know, allows Mariah to go back into that kind of, you, you know, she, she writes a lot of her songs so you can hear what she's talking about in that song. She's, you know, she's talking about the, the bad year she had with her previous manager and, and just the, the ups and downs that she's had trying to kind of stay current as a legacy artist. Now, it's interesting to me because one of the things that, that you mentioned a little bit earlier and alluded to is uh, how much Mariah Carey's music means to you. And I know there are people out there, when they hear something like that, they roll their eyes because in a way it's like the more commercial you are, it's and it's like, you know, how how can you find meaning in a Mariah Carey album? She's just kind of a pop tart, pop singer. What do you say to people who think that, you know, there's not really much depth there? It's just, you know, it's about vocals and production and performance, but not really meaning. Well, I think I think as Mariah has said many times, I think she's I think uh, since she's like thirty years into her career now, a lot of, a lot of people don't know like her story of growing up biracial, the things that she went through, having a black father, a white mother, growing up in Long Island. You know, she's talked about you know way back on the Oprah show, like in the nineties. You know, people used to throw bricks through their window, people poisoned their pets. Um, she grew up feeling like an outsider, so like outside from butterfly. A lot of people don't really hear those songs, I guess, because, you know, she talks about it like in the 90s, the record company was pushing her, you know, to, you know, in one direction and she wanted to go in another direction and she wanted certain singles to be released, but they weren't released. They released other singles. Um, she didn't have that much control over her career. And so, you know, the songs that people hear are the songs that the, the label pushed that you hear on the radio. They're not going to play outside on the radio. They're not going to play Can't Take That Away really on the radio. Um, or or uh, My Saving Grace. I mean, even though she's performed those songs, a lot of people don't, those songs don't come to mind when you think of Mariah Carey. She's the one, you know, she stands at a mic, she wears a big glittery gown and with a glittery mic and she sings. Um, she kind of, you know, has this image of the quintessential diva. You know, if you, she says that, you know, if you're not sitting down strumming a guitar or playing a piano, people don't recognize you as, you know, this songwriter like you're Bob Dylan or something. But, um, I think that hopefully since she's this far in her career and, you know, there are people who weren't really fans of her and they like this album, Caution, that that kind of pulls them in and they kind of listen to more of her deep cuts on, on all of her albums. Um, and I think that a lot of her fans um, connect with the more personal side of her because they may have felt like a lot of fans were biracial um, really appreciate her for, you know, writing songs, talking about growing up, feeling like an outsider. And, you know, songs like Hero, for people who, you know, she has a lot of LGBTQ fans. And so those songs really speak to this, you know, these kind of, um, you know, underdogs kind of thing, you know, feeling outside, feeling like a loner. And, you know, they connect to those songs. So I think the general population, they obviously know fantasy. They know we belong together. Um, they, they know those, they know Heartbreaker, but they don't, they don't really kind of, delve deep into to her. her fans really know the deep cuts and i think that you know if she keeps releasing music um that sounds fresh and current but you know she doesn't lose herself in that in the music she doesn't she's not trying to follow trends she's just you know updating herself she has a she has a she has a really nice uncanny ability unlike a lot of her peers to kind of um refresh herself with what's current and kind of you know still have her signature on each of her songs um and so hopefully that draws more fans in to kind of um, listen to those deeper cuts to you know understand the more personal side of her. You said uh, the word glittery 
a moment ago, uh, Daria, made me think of uh, Glitter. Uh, I've always said, and it's easier to I say this. I was just listening to the album. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was going to say it's easier to say this now when now there's the, the Justice for, for Glitter campaign. I always thought the Glitter songs were pretty good. I always thought uh, Never Too Far yeah, was, I was, it was, was a, a great I mean, song. It, for, the movie is kind of a campy movie. I mean, it, you know, it wasn't expected to get, like, best picture at the Oscar. I mean, it was kind of a series of unfortunate events. She left Sony. She signed to a new. She was signing to a new label, and her first album was this like concept soundtrack album to a movie um, that didn't get a lot of reviews. It was released on nine eleven. It was just this series of unfortunate events that kind of you know led to people like not really appreciating the album. Um, I like it, it's a throwback album because she's trying to make it sound like something in the eighties and the nineties, but. I mean, her vocals are really good on that album. The songwriting, um, it's, it's really a quintessential Mariah album. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's overlooked because of the reviews it got um, and just the, the, the story behind its release and, and just the, the trouble she was going through at that time. But it, I, I really like the album, um, just, just as a person who loves music, but also as a fan. Um, so I'm glad that people are recognizing it now um 17 years later one thing i'm realizing at the same time pretty much that you know, end of the 90s beginning of the 2000s two of the biggest stars of the 90s mariah and garth brooks both put out these uh, these projects that were really perplexed uh, fans uh, everybody with uh, with glitter and garth brooks went uh chris gaines and it's kind of funny how uh now years later we're, we're, we're much more okay with with the glitter music i wonder if uh justice for chris gaines is coming what do you think trevor no, well, I, I I think Garth Brooks shouldn't push it. Is doing just fine without that. All right, thank you, Dar, for taking the time. We appreciate it. Okay, thank you. All right, we're going to continue our countdown of Mariah Carey's twenty biggest Billboard Hot One Hundred hits with the top ten. Can we do a quick Garth Brooks, Chris Gaines countdown? That's what I'm thinking about now. Wow, you know, I thought Mariah Carey was as good as it gets for Gary, but I guess right. Gar I guess Garth Brooks is the next one. We'll keep going. We'll yeah, we'll save that for um, Garth's birthday or whatever. Number ten through number six.
then through number six, Mariah Carey's biggest Billboard Hot 100 hits back at number 10, Always Be My Baby. I think it's my favorite Mariah song that isn't All I Want for Christmas Is You. Uh, Number nine from Music Box, Hero. Number one for four weeks, 1993, 1994. Uh, Number eight, Someday. Number one for two weeks in early 1991. Sounds great. We just heard the uh, piece of it there, but... I feel like there's two songs in, in in this countdown, and they're both in this section, numbers eight and number six, that I don't mean this in a bad way, but they sound a little tied to their era. It's the production. They both sound like they're just completely from the early 90s, uh, Someday in Emotions at number six. Um, yeah, I guess that's kind of what people wanted, a little dance pop, sort of maybe Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis, Janet adjacent kind of sound. I mean, that was what, you know, I mean, you look at a lot of those records at the time that had to hit that sort of industrial pop yeah. kind of vibe. And, and that was right there in that wheelhouse, but that's what they wanted someday. Um, also kind of one of those songs that I think as you'll see with her debut, when she felt a little more constricted, uh, I believe Nick Cannon, her former husband mentioned at one point that this was another one of those songs that she really wasn't a huge fan of. So if you've been able to see Mariah perform Sunday live, that is pretty rare. And even on some of her, compilations like she might put the remix version on there instead or something so you know although number one massive hit for her uh, it still goes to show that you know sometimes you know the biggest hits aren't necessarily the ones that artists fall in love with yeah uh so someday was number eight emotions number six in the middle uh, number seven dream lover it was just two years later 1993 that one to me completely sounds like it still fits uh, in 2018 doesn't sound tied at all to the 90s i think she just took a production a stylistic leap on the music box album that uh just sounds completely different in terms of uh just what's surrounding her vocals you know what's interesting to me is i think dream lover is i don't mean this in a bad way but it's almost like one of those polished pop songs i've ever heard that's a good thing uh, yeah that's i mean a compliment. I, well we will so, you know some people will say that some people will take that as a great compliment that it's universally like perfect and some people will take that as you know it's sort of soulless and wiped clean of anything but I mean, everything from the organs to it almost sounds like a like a commercial or a dream. Like it's almost like 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 almost too too good to be true in a weird way. You're saying nothing but good things. These are all good qualities. Okay, okay, let's let's go. Yeah. So eight weeks at number one in '93 for Dream Lover and Emotions. Three weeks at number one in 1991 uh, for Mariah. our own Andrew Unterberger from Billboard.com just wrote about the new album, Caution. So we're getting uh, all these reviews here this week on the podcast. Let's get Andrew's take. His thoughts on Caution, which a uh, story he wrote on Billboard.com, called it the perfect Mariah album for 2018. All right, so talking about Mariah Carey, Caution, Andrew Unterberger from Billboard.com. As much as we're talking about Mariah, you, you've been writing maybe as much. Topic of conversation on the site these days. All right, so you just wrote a, a piece on Billboard.com saying uh, that Caution is the perfect Mariah album for 2018. Yeah, I would say so. It's, it's a good mix of... Uh, you know, stuff that the fan base has come to expect from Mariah, stuff that they would they would kind of want, uh, you know, a, a, a later period Mariah album to address and then to kind of throw back to, to, to past glories, but also has kind of one foot in the present, even a little bit towards the future. You know, it's got 
I think I think the both the producers and the guests are very well chosen to you know, kind of keep one, one you know one foot in both the past and the present, and uh, no one involved really feels out of place. And every everyone all, all you know, she, she got some pretty big names on there, people you wouldn't necessarily expect to be on a Mariah album, from the you know, producers like Skrillex to guest rappers like Gunna. Uh, but all of them kind of, none of them really like exert their personality on the on the album too strongly. They all kind of take a, a backseat. Like, I know, no, this is a Mariah Carey album. We're here, you know, to be a service to them to the Mariah Carey album. They all kind of have that respect. And uh, it's, I think, it's a really solid listen. I think the songs are really strong. I think you know, it, it contains little kind of hints of, of like, you know, it's a sort of '90s nostalgia. But you know, it, it doesn't dwell on it for too long. Uh, it, it, it feels very modern a lot, a lot, a lot in a lot of ways. And I, I, I think it's just a really strong album. You talk about the 90s. I feel like one of the, just something very as simple as uh, the beginning of The Distance, how it, it there's this chord that it kind of sounds really similar to Can't Let Go right okay. at the beginning. I hadn't thought about that. Uh, yeah, I don't know if that's yeah. on purpose, but it, it kind of feels like that. Um, I think it's a good point about how it's not like she necessarily uh, put Drake front and center on a track and said, I need to have a hit in 2018. Right. It's just kind of, yeah, it's, it's more, I guess, more Mariah than you might have expected. Yeah. And I don't think, you know, it, it doesn't really pander to 2018 audiences. There isn't, you know, they're like the, the Gunner song is probably the closest, but it, it's even that doesn't feel like a play for first, you know, a Spotify audience or anything like that. It just feels like, okay, well, Mariah's always been pretty invested in hip hop and this is kind of one of the big rappers of the moment. So it makes sense that he, that, that he would appear on this album, but you're right. There isn't that big Drake song. There isn't that, 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 that big song that, that sounds like something you would just hear kind of random on a, a new music Friday playlist or something like that. It, it, it's, it's not likely. I don't think, you know, I don't think we're going to be just discussing these songs in the top 10 countdown anytime soon, but you know, the album sold pretty strongly for the first week. Uh, I, th- I think, you know, the reviews have been pretty strong across the board. I think the fan base is happy. The Lamboli is, a, is, a, is, a, is at ease. So uh, yeah, I think, I think this is about as good as we could have hoped for for Mariah at this point in her career. And, and, she, and she really kind of makes it look effortless too. You know, it doesn't feel like she's ever trying too hard at any point in the album. It doesn't feel like she's, stretching herself too thin it doesn't feel like she's pandering it doesn't feel like she's really doing anything except playing to her own strengths and she knows what those are and she knows what the people want from her and, she, and she's giving it to them there is sort of a uh, a feeling of her like kind of i don't know playing with house money almost like it doesn't feel like there were there were tremendous stakes in this album i don't think anyone went into it thinking okay this is going to be the album that puts mariah back on like ariana grande's level of popularity Ooh, uh, choice well, choice but, comparison but look, you know the, 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 these are different generations at this point and it, it's it's unlikely i think that you know it's unlikely for most you know veteran stars who've been around for 25 plus years already that they're gonna kind of have this this sort of pop presence that, that someone like ariana has now but uh, yeah, it, it, this is sort of an album that just kind of reestablishes her as, as someone that people really want to hear from. Like I, I compared it, I was talking about it uh, on the uh, the Mustard Music podcast, and I kind of compared it more with uh, the Carter Five almost, where it's just like it's good to have Mariah back. Like that that Lil Wayne album was more ambitious and it, you know has more of an imprint on on kind of pop music in 2018. But mostly it was just like hey, like we haven't heard from this guy in, in forever, and it feels great to have him back in our lives. And I sort of feel the same way with them with the Mariah album, where it's just like this is this is a very solid Mariah Carey album, and that's cool. That's a thing that we were missing for a while. Like when Madonna puts out a new album, it's it's so sure. hard. There are just there's a handful of artists like this that, for so long, when they would put out an album, you, you expected you know, five top ten hits, mm-hmm. a couple number ones, and it, it's kind of by habit. It's kind of. Uh, when you hear a new Mariah album, you think, okay, what are the number one hits from it? So it's kind of hard to wrap your head around that it's a different the, time the, now. Yeah, the, and uh, Me, I, and Mariah, The Elusive Chanteuse didn't exactly set the charts on fire yeah. either. And But that was, I thought that was a pretty solid album too. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not going to, 
make anybody forget about kind of her 90s highs, I don't think. But it, it was a good album for, for a fan base that I'm sure was, was, was pretty into it. And uh, yeah, and that, that's sort of where she is in her career. And, and she, she's, she kind of feels like she's owning it on this album. And, and I, I respect that. House money, as yeah. you said. Yeah, if we can get a few new great songs from her, great. And I also wouldn't uh, rule out the possibility, you know, if she was she was sort of on that Drake album this year uh, for Emotionless. You know, she wasn't a credited artist on right. that, but he obviously sampled her in a very prominent way. I wouldn't be shocked if he got like like if, if eventually you know someone like Drake had her on a song in a kind of a similar capacity and and sort of like the way he had you know Michael Jackson on Don't Matter to Me. And not, not obviously Michael Jackson, but you know she could either provide a hook or she could just be very heavily sampled or interpolated in a hook and and. I, I could see her being credited on a on another top ten type hit that way. All right, and five to go. And I mean, really, even if you're not necessarily a big Mariah Carey fan, you probably know all five of these songs very well, and you probably could have guessed all five of these songs very well. That was Fantasy, a uh, big hit back in 1995, eight weeks of number one, uh, I Know It and Love It from the Rush Hour. There's like a clip in the beginning of Rush Hour with the little girls dancing in the back of the car to the song. That's how I first heard it. I first heard it when I was working AC radio and we thought, can we play this? A little two R&B is, isn't what we heard from Mariah before. So if you thought that was raunchy, ooh, the remix would have been way out of your league because I'm sure as many people know. Soon after that song dropped, there was a Bad Boy remix that featured Old Dirty Bastard. And that song really, some people may argue it is the song that took hip-hop and pop and put them together in a way that had never been done before and whose effects we're still seeing all the way down to this day. So, I mean, Mariah's big 
fan and love of hip hop really paid off with that. Um, even though the remix was not the song that went to number one, I'd argue in some ways and maybe at least one of the remixes that's just as well known, if not more known than the original. Number four, the song that started it all, Vision of Love, number one hit, Mariah's very first back in 1994 weeks at number one. I mean, still holds up to me as one of the best songs in her entire catalog. Just the song that gave us everything from that, that high note, uh, her first Grammy award, just number one hit. I mean, this is just really, you know, a classic. I still think it, for its time, it really stood out. It's much more uh, classy in some ways than other music that was out uh, at that time. And uh, I think that's one of the biggest feats that it just, it was Mariah uh, doing what only Mariah could do. And, and uh, it totally worked. Yeah. And taking that song all the way from a demo, you know, an original song that she and uh, Ben Margulies wrote, taking it all the way to number one. It's just really, you know, the fulfillment of a, of a dream. And look how, look how big that dream ended up being. Number three, the song followed Vision of Love to number one. That is Love Takes Time. Second number one hit of her career, three weeks back in 1990. So already proving herself within just a few months that she was going to be a force that was here to stay. Moving into the top two, these are, I mean, by far two of Mariah's biggest hits. And in terms of chart performance, the songs that the Lambs just love to talk about. Number two, One Sweet Day duet with boys to men and this song as i guess to the detriment of some lambs used to hold the record all by itself for most weeks at number one on the hot 100 with 16 weeks it was just over a year ago the tail end of last summer in 2017 that unfortunately another song made it all the way to a sweet 16 despacito luis fonsi and Daddy Yankee featuring Justin Bieber. But luckily, and this is where Taylor Swift, I guess, comes back into the picture in a lot of ways, Taylor Swift was able to get to number one and prevent the song from getting 17 weeks. So thanks to Taylor Swift, who took a record from Mariah, yeah. she at least preserved a record for Mariah. Well, Mariah worked with Justin Bieber on a cover of All I Want for Christmas Is You at the beginning of the decade. I wonder if... Had she known what was going to happen. Right, maybe she wouldn't have helped make him as popular. So Despacito wouldn't have become as big as it did. It's funny, you know, it's funny how it all comes back around. You know, you don't think of Mariah and Taylor as related as they are, but sure enough, on these charts, they uh, bump into each other a little more often than you think. And of course, at number one, massive, massive hit. The number one song, not only of 2005, but of the entire 2000s decade. So... Uh, until next year, really the reigning champ in terms of songs of the decade. It is We Belong Together, a song that, if nothing else, proved all the critics wrong that Mariah Carey was still a force to be reckoned with 15 years in her career. I'm sure everybody knows the story. She had fallen on hard times after Glitter and, and Charm Bracelet underperformed. People thought she was done. She'd been out for 15 years. That's a normal lifespan of you know a major act. No one thought she had a second wind in her. Gets together with Jermaine Dupree and the OGs, L.A. Reid. Not only, I mean, this is a, you know, you could not have predicted this hit in 2005 by any means. 14 weeks at number one, dominates that year on radio in particular. Not even the first single from the album. No, second single from the album, wins her first Grammy Awards all the way back since 1991. I mean, this song, for all intents and purposes, put Mariah Carey on the map once again, maybe bigger than ever. And probably most importantly, introduced an entire new generation to her music. 
you know, there's something about it's not Mariah necessarily having to show off like that she can, you know, sort of sing all these runs and ups and downs. There's something kind of cool about the vocal pattern that I think, I don't know, it just kind of was like attractive. Yeah, a little more and subdued. That made it, too. yeah, yeah. And that and that made it sort of work. And then you know, and it gives you a place to build to, of course, by the end when you know we raise the octave and we're all you know right. shouting out the chorus and everything. I mean, it's just one of those songs that, like, again, I mean, just in terms of not not only just the hit quality, but in terms of just an actual song. I mean, this is a well-crafted song. 14 Weeks of Number One, biggest song of the decade, I'm sure, that put a smile back on her face. All right, so that wraps up Mariah Week uh, on the Billboard Charity Podcast. Uh, counting down her top 20 biggest top 100 hits, talking caution, talking, uh, talking glitter, talking all things Mariah. We'll still able to talk about Rye going forward. I don't think we used up everything. We'll still talk. No, there's still plenty of chart records out there we haven't even touched. All right. So uh, that's this week's uh, episode coming back next week. Uh, As we're saying before, uh, we don't know what's going to be number one. Could be a toss up between Thank You Next and uh, Sicko Mode and Happier and Halsey or Panic at the Disco. So uh, we'll find out. Everybody's in contention. You know, we're all, especially with, I mean, all those acts. I mean, Trap Scott, Marshmallow, Bastille, Panic at the Disco and I guess Halsey as a lead artist, all of them looking for their first number one. Right. So would be a, a big thing for, you know, just like Ariana got her first number one, would be a big week for somebody else. Oh, we definitely will talk more, Mariah, because we're going to talk uh, AC radio and holiday music coming up. So more All I Want for Christmas is You music coming up. We're going to have a couple guests on from Nielsen, uh, Haley Jones and John Miller talking about uh, why AC radio goes holiday music, especially uh, maybe early for some people, uh, even before Thanksgiving. So we're going to talk about uh, the ratings uh, behind that and why stations do that. And also some big uh, holiday streaming hits that maybe haven't made their way to radio yet that uh, you might be hearing uh, going forward. So that's all coming up next week. Should we close with more, Mariah? Well, I was going to say, uh, yeah, should we, I was trying to think of it to be a deep cut from the new album, but I guess because I just want to hear this, and I mentioned it a little bit earlier, if you don't know the Fantasy Remix that is going to never be the case again because here it is, the song that Gary definitely could not play on AC Radio back actually, in 1995. We actually played an AC edit that was even softer than the pop version. Oh, that's so weak. All right, we're going to give Old Dirty Bastards due. Here we go. Rest in peace. Thank you for joining us. And here is the Bad Boy remix of Fantasy. <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style. 